Welcome everyone. I am your host Aditya. This is Upskill with Jip Sagar, powered by Viziki. Today I have a very interesting person called Jashid Hamid. He is the co-founder of a mushroom startup called Nubedo. Now I met Jashid during a bus journey from Pondicherry to Bangalore. That we connected along the along the journey were gardening, art, and culture. At that point of time, Jashid was work, working with Aditya Birla, and I think four and a half. Three to four years back, when I got him back in touch with him, that was because I saw him doing workshops on mushrooms, and I didn't quite understand why. So we're going to talk about his journey from bits to being at Aditya Birla to starting up on his own. Thank you for being a guest on this show, Jashit. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Jis Sagar. It's a pleasure to be here, and uh, looking forward to having a great conversation with you. So, Jashit, mushrooms and entrepreneurship. These are odd choices to the layman. Was it always a plan, or did it happen to you? Oh, that mushrooms were never the plan, Aditya. I think uh, <laughs> they found me uh, at the time I needed them the most, and uh, it's been amazing since then. So basically, what happened was I was uh, on my way out of corporate. Uh, like you rightly said, I had spent uh, four years in Aditya Birla doing uh, retail operations. I had a complete P&L ownership for. Uh, 20 plus stores of a fast fashion brand across South India. So, okay. what this did sort of was um, it allowed me to manage my own business in some some sense because having complete P and L ownership means that you are in charge of the top and bottom line, which means that you are in charge of the sales and also the profitability, Correct. which essentially means that you are you are the owner of the business, right? Correct. So that sort of gave me the confidence that I have what it takes to run my own business and. Uh, After three, four years working in Aditya Birla, it sort of uh, started hitting me that I was sort of yeah, I was using my skill set, using my brain, using my energy, everything for fast fashion, and that really didn't align with my values. Because I'm someone who really loves the environment. I love spending time outdoors, and I'm concerned about uh, what's happening with the earth right now and what we are doing. The consequences of our actions day to day. So all of these things are really important to me, and I think. Three years into my job, when all the newness of the things disappeared, it really started hitting me on a day-to-day basis that you're working in one of the most polluting industries in the world, giving people and making them buy things that they don't really need. So that's where this whole question of okay, what am I going to do with my time from now on? That's when it started. Okay. And from there, it's been a, a two-three year journey, sort of uh, in exploring different. um avenues trying to find my space and everybody thinks no like oh we'll just leave our corporate job and we'll go start a farm and live in the forest somewhere i went yeah. on that path and man there's a reason we live in the city right <laughs> there's a reason we've come out of the forest and we live in all these nice houses and we have all these good facilities because that life is really really hard Yeah, it's it's it, it might look really nice on paper, but uh, you're you're up against the you're up against nature on a day-to-day basis. So if you don't have access to land, uh, if you don't have labor, if you're not from a farming background, getting into this is not easy, right? But it takes a completely different skill set to enter cultivation. And I tried my hands at it. Um, I wouldn't say I failed miserably. I got my permaculture certification. I volunteered in multiple different farms across the country, and I realized that this was not my cup of tea. I truly realized that this sounds very nice on paper, but I've actually done this and I spent 
enough time doing this to realize yaar yeah, this is this is not my scene and so that around the same time Hmm? Yeah, ah, that that was that is what I am hoping. I I'm just wondering where this mushroom crept into your life. When did you realize that they exist? So I knew about their existence from a long time ago. Coming from Kerala, where there's so so much of monsoon, and uh, um, my grandparents uh, both sides were into agriculture, so ah. spent a lot of time outdoors, and I was there. So mushrooms are always around us. It is not something that is like, oh, I can pick out one moment in my life and say, hey, this is. This is the time that they entered my life. There's nothing like that, but okay. there was a time when I was really when I just moved to Bangalore, and uh, I think a lot of Bangaloreans or people who work here can vouch for me when I say this that I had terrible allergies after I moved here. Right? There's a lot of pollen here, and the cold weather, and the stress, everything put together. I used to wake up and have sniffles for like two, three hours in the day, and I used to sneeze my face off. I was walking around with a handkerchief wherever I went. Only if you have this will you know how uncomfortable this is because it takes you like three, four hours or till noon before you are like, "Ha, okay, now I can function normally." <laughs> Imagine six a.m. to twelve every day. Every other day, just goes in this whole sneezing, sneezing fit of sniffles and whatnot. And that's the time that I used to take a lot of antihistamines because there is no other way to get out of this. And one of my friends suggested that, "Hey, why don't you try this mushroom extract?" So I was like, uh, "Okay, man, anything that uh, you think will help me get out of this rut, just just give it to me." And I tried it, and three weeks later, things are much better, right? I wouldn't say it's like a miracle cure, and everything just went away. Mm. Three weeks later, the intensity reduced, and then a couple of months of using it, supplementing it, it was not a problem anymore. Right, and now, now, nowadays, maybe I get it a couple of times a year, but uh, the daily sniffles and walking around with the handkerchief days are over. That's that is my first interaction with mushrooms at a non-culinary level. Okay. Right, and that was when I understood that hey, these things have some functional benefits, or they have some health benefits outside of just protein that people keep talking about. That that was my introduction to this whole category of mushrooms called functional mushrooms, the medicinal mushrooms. end of december 2020 or when was this like when no this was day before then this happened uh, in around i think 2018 so 19 they were already a part of my life okay. and when this journey of exploration started to find uh, an alternative life path this somehow came back and i was like hey i remember this thing that i used i wonder if i can find something like that here so then it was a quest for making mushroom based nutraceuticals and that led me to Sort of realize that hey, nobody's growing these mushrooms here. Even if they're growing, the prices are too high or the quality is not good enough. And I said, okay, I will grow them. When I went down the path of growing them, I realized that uh, mushroom spawn was not available. So for all those of you who are listening, uh, mm-hmm. mushrooms are, fung- are fruiting bodies of fungi, right? So the fungus is like the equivalent of the tree, and the mushroom is the fruit. So when you need to grow mushrooms, you actually need Pores, and like you have in the plant kingdom, uh, seeds. It's equivalent of seeds in the plant kingdom. But the thing with spores is that they're a genetic reset. So the same way that you graft root root trees, here in the mushroom space we graft something called the mycelium. The mycelium is the vegetative part of the fungus. 
and we graph that by using something called spawn so spawn is essentially like if i have to simplify it it's like mushroom seed even though the terminology doesn't make any sense to me anymore <laughs> it's mushroom seed so we had to go integrate ourselves all the way back to the spawn so we were like okay we can't grow these mushrooms because the spawn was not available then we had to go back to the drawing board and say i think if i have to make mushroom uh, functional mushroom is products a functional mushroom based supplements in india i have to start at the genetic level and then sort of integrate and work my way forward so that that's how this whole thing started so this was when this was how did you go about from being a permaculture enthusiast cultivist volunteer to being like hey i know that mushroom and there is a space here now because you have identified the spawn is unavailable there is a lot of work to be done in the ecosystem so when did you exactly begin with the whole point ki ha bhi main mushroom entrepreneur banega 2020 is the year when this thing uh, seriously hit me and i was like okay i'm going to do this and but i had the good fortune of meeting people who had thought of this before me and had done a lot of really good work in this space the idea for me of okay i'm going to uh devote my uh, time and energy to grow mushrooms hit me in uh, end of 2019 beginning of 2020 okay and during and this whole uh, time were you like informing your parents about your unhappiness or your you know your self actualization at your corporate job and you are wanting to explore alternatives were they aware? right yeah my family my family was aware uh, when i quit my job they were aware not very happy with what i was got <laughs> with the fact that I quit a very high paying job and was doing some farming in some permaculture uh, uh, <laughs> farm somewhere because my father had to work very hard to get out of that life you know my grandparents were farmers my granddad was a farmer and uh, he was one of those adamant farmers who said that i'm not going to use any chemicals i'm not going to be wow. part of the green revolution i'm going to do things the old way and sadly he Did that didn't work out for him because when you are the only farm who doesn't use pesticides or right. fertilizer, all the all the pests and everything get attracted to your field, and then suddenly all the chemicals start leaching into your soil, and and then this things just go downhill. So he so, was a big farmer, and then slowly, slowly he came to the point in the early 2000s that we were only growing for our house, and then slowly oh. he started getting old, and he he gave up basically. Okay. Right. So, so my dad came out of that. Yeah. Pardon? So no, 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 no. I didn't know this. I mean, I've known you long enough, but I didn't know this. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. You're getting you're getting all the uh, all the deep insights into my ancestral uh, association with <laughs> agriculture. So okay. they. Uh, so yeah, my father worked really hard to come out of that lifestyle. He's one of the few people who actually worked really hard, went to a college, did a masters, joined a corporate. and he made it and he was able to give me the lifestyle that i have right now send me to the best institutes in the country he's like why would you step down from here so for him me going back into farming was like a downgrade and very logically he is right right he came from that world and he's seen it he knows that it's not a rosy picture and he knows that you are against the you you're against the environment in many situations you're working with or against nature and things are very unpredictable correct so he was very they, they were very very concerned that i was going to do this and put my put my you know career corporate career on the line for this and they're like listen man if you're going to take two years 
we should do this uh, i don't think there's any coming back to corporate so your co- career is essentially over he worked for the same company for 35 years he's one of those guys he's a really good employee okay so seeing somebody who just wanted to leave a company and do something completely different altogether he's like this is not a very good thing from your on your resume mm. break is not nice okay very valid concerns i would say so yeah i mean it is a valid concern because as i can see that for 9 months from uh from your this thing from aditya birla to nuvedo there were that those 9 months or 10 months must have been nail bitingly stressful and anxiety inducing for you with what are you going to do oh. how are you going to plan those things out yeah, yeah, yeah thankfully i i roped in some of my really close friends into this and they were able to at least share that stress so my uh my girlfriend and now fiance prithvi and some of my really close friends uh, they all sort of joined together on this journey so the idea was sort of this not my wouldn't call the idea my own prithvi and i both of us together we thought of this at the same time and uh, okay. we we sort of gave each other the courage to do this it's, it's, it's difficult to do this as as one person i can say because there are always those moments of doubt Love. Am I doing did, right? Did, did did you like in the ten months that you Prithvi were planning? Did you ever hmm. feel that, yar, this is too much? Like you know, maybe my parents because the fireworks that you uh, know that go off when you decide to do something and the family gets involved, they sort of have a recall value or you know or a flashback. I would say more than stressful. It was really adventurous because everything was new and I was. It is like this. Uh, it's, it's explorative, right? You're you're entering uncharted territory. Not many people have been where you're where you're going. There's not there's not much that you know about this place. You have some things that you can look and read about, but there aren't too many people who have done this before you. So for me, it was very adventurous, and uh, I was able to rekindle that childlike curiosity in me because. the space of mushrooms and fungi it's it's relatively new compared to plants Correct. the field of mycology is fairly recent so for all the readers out there till very recently if you had to study anything about fungi you had to you had to do what was called plant pathology so <laughs> i actually felt like <laughs> yeah it's very funny yeah it's very funny so fungi were in this category called plant pathogen right so they didn't even have their own kingdom or queendom or kingdom or whatever you want to call it but i think before you go on i think the listeners should know that plants animals and fungus are three different uh, types of things kingdoms and right, plants yeah, and fungus are kingdoms. not the same just wanted to i add the side note yes please go on right so they fungi have traits of both animals and plants that's what makes them uh, uh, very unique so they very similar to human beings they very similar to animals because they take in uh, oxygen and breathe out carbon dioxide just like us and uh, they are also similar to us because they don't they don't they don't have the ability to make their own food they depend on external sources of nutrition like us so large part of our dna is actually in common with fungi and unlike us they they can't move that way they're similar to plants but again that this is a very controversial question because they do move in certain ways but they cannot relocate themselves right okay. so even locomotion the definition of locomotion has to be looked at here because they are moving they constantly moving the, the life is in the growing tips but they it's not like they can just pick them up and pick up the entire uh, organism and move it to another place if they really want so that's that's it before i move on let me just mention that dashit has studied at bitspilani and from there i think he has done courses of permaculture from aradne agriculture pond production from aikar and that also included mushroom cultivation training and fungi education from funky education teacher training so 
so basically yeah. over here like shit bits pilani and then doing all of these courses since 2020 and then being in between oh you did an mba as well where was the yeah, mba I from i am in bond i took i ticked all the boxes <laughs> so bits pilani iim and you just when you decided to get into so you are like at, at heart an academic which i love so please tell us more yeah, about I'm your educational choices so i was always in an at heart and okay. uh, uh studying in school i think uh, i was really obsessed with uh, cars and automobiles and things like that i think throughout high school okay. uh, before that a little bit with biology so this interest kept changing in the final interest while i was in high school I think uh, mostly inspired by Need for Speed and all the Fast and Furious <laughs> movies that were coming out at that time. It was mostly about cars and designing cars. I used to spend a lot of time in my uh, high school, just like making 3D models of cars and just uh, using Photoshop and some softwares on my computer to make like uh, wireframe uh, type of models of cars and stuff. So I ended up taking uh, manufacturing engineering in this school, right? Because that is the closest to getting mechanical in my uh engineering uh, entrance scores are not good enough for me to take mech so i ended up with manufacturing because that is the closest yeah. thing and <laughs> my ambition at that time was to get into automobile design and then probably one day work for some uh, ferrari or lamborghini or something like that wow. right that was that was where i was planning my <laughs> career right when somebody asked you in school beta what do you want to do when you grow up yes. like i want to be an automobile designer in ferrari right i was very clear Okay, <laughs> and then life happens, man. <laughs> I know I have stories, and I have, I have not even been to Pilani. Forget bits Pilani. So, can you tell totally. us a little about that institution? I feel like uh, those are my most formative. Those were those that that is those were the years that made me what I am today. So, if you really ask me, and that place is truly magical because it's like real life. Uh, there's no compulsion for anything. You're you're sort of free. There's so much freedom. Nobody is there to check out on what you are doing. You can attend just, class. We have just let class. me mention something to my Tamil Nadu and Kerala boys, my soup boys. In Bits Pilani, when you do engineering, there is no compulsory uh, attendance. Attendance, right? Exactly. Please let that sink in. <laughs> Please let that sink. Imagine in. being like a eighteen, nineteen-year-old kid just out of your house, and you're in a place which is far, far away from home in some remote corner of Rajasthan. and uh, no no one no one cares about anything that you're up to there that's ultimate freedom you can do whatever you want there and no one really cares and i think that's when you become responsible what did right? you end up doing with your people that you would say that you know this is one story that i want people to know and this is like you know something that truly had a big impact on me i think the most amount of time in bitspilani i did I spent doing one of two things: either creating artwork or traveling. Okay. So these are the two things that I really, really got to explore while I was in bits. Yeah, sports was always a good big part of my life. It's not that I went to bits and explored sports more. Hmm. It allowed me to do that. Sports is and is some kind of physical activity. Martial arts, all of this have always been a part of my life from my childhood days. Hmm. But apart from that, I really wanted to explore. I had I just want to travel traveling like on a shoestring budget unplanned wake up and pack your bag and go to the bus stand and just sit on a random bus that kind of stuff I I don't think that I'm, I I can do that right now and I'm so glad that I did it back then because it made my life very rich it it taught me gave me a lot of really uh, amazing experiences which sort of shaped me as a person so if I had to look back and 
just think about uh, what that place did gave me freedom to just be and explore make mistake and sort of discover myself in that process any formative story any core memory like mm, way too many for me to mention uh, <laughs> <to be laughs> if you ask me you know yeah. it's difficult to choose just one but i can i can think of the first the first trip that i ever did was uh, when i when, when i went to rishikesh mm-hmm. and that was uh, during the diwali holidays of my first year in mithilani and again few months into college uh, everybody was just so a lot of people were going home so all the friends who had who were from uh, rajasthan delhi haryana up who were could go home they all went home and lot bunch of us were just stuck there so we just decided to pack our bags and leave hmm. and the next day we were in rishikesh not like we planned to be there okay right no money hardly anything with us you know so that that trip was really really memorable rishikesh huh? did you go to the yeah, beatles ashram did you like the beatles ashram uh, of course man yeah that was definitely yeah. one of those places that i had to visit then uh, the beatles ashram then uh, your typical touristy things like uh, uh, going river rafting and doing all the adventures sports whatever i could afford in my budget you know <laughs> but yeah those those days were really cool and that back okay. then back then you know, The ashram was not open to the public, also. You had to sort of bribe the guard and go from behind. Oh, it. so you did that? Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> and did you go to that place where they have created those hutments on the right hand side? And did you see the material that they had used? That actually, yeah, I did. The stones from the banks from of the Ganga. River. Correct. And when I went inside, it was scorching hot outside. I went inside, and it's like a Okay. you know midget dwarf sort of it's not very tall i mean for me i'm 5 6 6 5 7 and i even i had to crouch but when i sat in there it, it, i could just feel the coolness that the rocks brought in and i think that for me was a very because the materials that we use for construction is something i never thought about until like i thought about it obviously but i didn't, didn't see like an execution that was that done that well so yeah, really after so many years correct so that's yeah. your bits pilani days so now you have decided to become a mushroom entrepreneur or are exploring becoming back to cultivation so you first right. went to aranya then you went to aikar and then you went to fungi foundation i just i think aranya aranya was life changing experience that's not something i could have known from a book going to the hirabad going to aranya and seeing nansanda kopula he is a fantastic human being i don't think there are too many people out there like him who were living the truth to that level you know hmm. so he has a he has a property which is spread out i think over uh, uh, 19 acres if i'm not wrong and they grow so many things there and he he got that land as a desertified piece of land where he said that he could see from one end of the property to the other end from the gate it was like that and now it's not like that it's a, it's a thriving ecosystem which can feed hundreds of people every month and to be in that space for a few weeks and to eat the food that was grown there get your hands into the mud uh you know it was it was a truly beautiful experience because it was it was it made it made us realize made us ask your ask ourselves like what do we truly need in life you know and is this life type possible and he was living that life he was showing that listen ultimately you need you need food you need shelter you need clothing you need a sense of purpose and yeah that's it 
you need to be working on something larger than yourself that will outlive you and for me that's my piece of land hmm. and he sort of for him it was an act of rebellion against right against the system against against all the things around him it is he, he was a single entity who they had absolutely no control over because there were no links to him hmm everything that he needed was in that one little not lit, yeah. not so little also but like yeah it was in those four walls that that his entire life was and there was nothing from outside that could change that so he was completely free he was truly independent and free in every sense of the word so aranya is run by this gentleman called can you repeat the name because i didn't quite his catch his name the... is narsan narsan kopula and he narsan. actually studied under uh, bill mollison bill mollison is considered the father of permaculture Okay. Uh, he wrote uh, one of the early books which is considered like a bible of permaculture so he he national trained under bill and he's trained thousands of farmers all over the country and sort of enabling them to you know become farmers and give give back to society or reduce the load of society by growing their own food and he's extremely practical when when we went there also he's like hey I don't expect even one of you all to go back and do any of this. I'm just going to take all of your money and use it to train actual farmers who are going to do something about this. Okay. The guy is very straightforward, and uh, he also said. So when we were leaving, he said that you know, realistically speaking, I don't expect the entire world to start going and doing their own farming because the uh, the whole economy will collapse. The world will collapse if we do that. It's not possible anymore. but i want you all to go back and make 1% change and if you are an architect change 1% of the material that you use to something more sustainable right if you have a small balcony grow something grow, grow some chilies or grow some mint start somewhere and do something because he's like if that small 1% of the small step that's what matters when when it adds up over so many thousands millions billions trillions of people it uh, it it means something icar is indian council of agriculture research you studied okay. spawn production and mushroom cultivation training over there what was so, that all so uh, it's a really nice course actually it's sort it's like sort of like a primer a gateway into the space of mushrooms and familiarizes you, you with uh, some of the things that uh, that can sort of get you started so for mm-hmm. me this course at ihr icar was sort of a gateway into the space and i also did it because Uh, I wanted a certification to show that I know what I'm talking about because somebody who comes from retail operations, from uh, MBA engineering background, and when they're into mushroom cultivation, suddenly, <laughs> if I want to apply for something, I have to show some. I have to show that I've been trained. And unfortunately, this is how the world works. If you need to Correct. be taken seriously, you need it. You need pieces of paper which show that Correct. you are. I call it randi collect karna. Randi collect karna. Correct. Right. But exactly. Is, uh, this was, yeah. So this was one of those radhi collections that I had to do because, honestly, if you ask me, that's a really, really good course. I think in the country, it's the best course that you can take from a government institute if you, if you want to study mushrooms. You can take that from. And this is in Bangalore. This is in Bangalore. But I learned much more by myself. That was the last one, Fungi Foundation. Right. So Fungi Foundation Bangalore? education course was really, really good. 
So it was a teachers training program conducted by Fungi Foundation. Fungi Foundation is an NGO which uh-huh. works globally to promote uh, fungi and sort of protect fungi. They work under different verticals. So they do things uh, around conservation because everywhere we go, they keep talking about conserving the flora and fauna. Uh-huh. But have you ever heard flora, fauna, fungi anywhere? No, fungi, nanga. So Sorry, we, that was a very bad joke. But yeah, no, no one cares about fungus at this point of time. Exactly right. Because just because you don't see them, correct? Right. So same way, the they this organization which is led by a very amazing person called Juliana Purchi from mm-hmm. Chile. What she did was she brought in the word fungi into the vocabulary of conservation, which is a big thing if you ask me. Right. Yes. Yes. So she started uh, doing all of this, and then they they started uh, doing educational programs so that you don't have to be a plant pathologist to learn about mushrooms. So they decided to sort of work with the government and uh, do programs at the school level, making curriculums for schools, uh, mm-hmm. for educators, for people to teach these to children and other people. So what I did was I got myself certified in this because. Uh, as you as you know, I do a lot of educational activities surrounding right. fungi, a lot of educational yes. awareness activities, and for people of all age groups, starting from uh, children who are four five years old till adults, I cater to a wide audience, and I truly believe that educating people at a grassroots level about what these organisms are and how you can work with them. So essentially, this course allowed me to. It gave me the curriculum and the tools to take all this vast textbookish stuff mm-hmm. to actual people in simple ways that they can understand. So this course really helped me, uh, helped me sort of educate myself and how I can take this message and take all this, all this theory to people in a way that makes sense to them and they can easily understand. Zashid and Prithvi were doing workshops all across Bangalore on what is mushrooms, and I don't think you even had the, your first kit out there. You started with your cultural programs even before you had your first kit, right? Yeah, we just had one product at the time, and uh, we were doing our uh, workshops. Workshops is something I don't think that we we will stop, and uh, we were doing a lot more of it back then than we are doing it right now because right now I feel like there's some. Uh, awareness because there's a lot of things happening in the at a macro level. So yeah, even so, we, when we started, we started off with workshops. Actually, you are right. Yeah. What Zashir and Prithvi have done over the last four years is something I think would go down in the annals or you know in the books of communication because one, they stuck to their guns. They did workshops, and once the workshop started doing well in Bangalore, they expanded into doing. Um, for walks i think uh, around this yeah. thing and park and uh, this thing lalba showing people how these mushrooms are and everything and now and they have continued if you look at all of their art if you look at how they are doing everything especially when you buy the starter kit the place where you cut even that part is so well thought of because you can just stick it up like you know in one of those vouchers that you get so Everything about Novedo has been from the beginning of about they knew about the challenges and they worked their communication strategy in a brilliant manner. And today Zashid is known as a subject matter expert. He has written a couple of articles after the release of Last of Us and what mushrooms really are. He has been written about in Mint. And 
as much as I want to keep going on and on, the one lesson that I want entrepreneurs to take from Zashir and Prithvi is that don't wait for someone to come and say, Ki, bhaiya, I will be your face. You are the subject matter expert. You are now, basically, this guy and Prithvi are bring, going to bring about a cultural revolution. And I think a lot of startup founders shy away from taking positions in their own fields. And I'm so glad that these two individuals are taking a stand because it's creating a new template because the next thing that he's about to do is something called a shroom sabha. So, Jashir, I know I went on a bit of a rant over, not a rant, but you know, <laughs> glory to Nuvedu and glory to Jashir yeah, and Prithvi because... <laughs> no, but that really will. Yeah, I think uh, you also played a, a big role in all of our uh, PR media strategies because I remember very early on the conversations that we used to have and then the books that you suggested to me and the directions that you sort of prodded me and sort of allowed me to tweak my messaging in such a way that, you know, it would be more interesting to people who read it. So I think yeah. some definitely there's a lot of credit that goes into the whole uh, uh, PR side to you for all the great advice that you've given me. Thank, so, you. Thank you very yeah, much. And, it's always good to hear. Yeah, for, for sure, man. And definitely you are right mycelium is again very important because more than 80 percent of plant species form these mycorrhizal relationships so myco is uh, mushroom fungi and rhizal means root so basically uh, mycelium make, makes a uh, mutually beneficial relationship with plant roots and almost 80 percent of the plants can do this right so this is definitely something that is they're doing right if if eighty percent of the plants have evolved to do something like this and that it is a it is a feature that allows them to survive. So you were very bang on by saying that. Let's start with one cubic meter, uh, cubic centimeter of soil, right? Okay. One cubic centimeter. Okay. So one uh, one centimeter into one centimeter, chota is a cube of soil, right? Correct. It's yes. like it's like little more than a, how much you can take with uh, your two fingers. Okay. Yes. That has, believe believe it or not, that much soil has 13 kilometers of mycelium. 13 kilometers? Yeah, that single piece of one cubic centimeter of soil has 13 kilometers of mycelium. It's, it's all around us. Every breath that you take, you inhale in 10 to 20 spores. And if you, if you walk around, if you walk around... Uh, in nature and you come back after the walk, after a day's walk outside, you come back, you have close to a million spores on your body. And I'm not even making that number up. I'm so sure you're not. these things are these things are everywhere. It's just that we don't see it. What is the history of shrooms? Okay. Very, very cool question actually, Aditya. So <laughs> first of all, it's wrong to assume that they've been treated badly. And I think it's a more recent uh, effect of this uh, bad picture they've been painted because all the societies that are even in India. So India has the largest society of, of Adivasis, the largest population of Adivasis in the world, right? Mm. So when you look at all these cultures across India, irrespective of their geographic location, they all have a relationship with fungi and mushrooms. Every single one of them. Okay. They know which ones to eat, they know which ones cure what. They use them for medicinal purposes, some for religious purposes. So I feel like when we moved away from nature, that is when all this fear started because we are organisms which are inherently scared of death. Anything right. that reminds us of our impermanence is something that we will definitely fear. And if here you have an organism which literally grows on dead matter, 
which is breaking <laughs> things down which is making making uh, dead matter disappear and creating life out of it it grows in the dirt it grows in filthy places so that's what we think and yeah. some of them if you eat the wrong ones that will also kill you so i feel like this is inherent fear of death and fear of uh, this obsession with permanence or fear of impermanence all of these things is sort of uh, what made us scared of mushrooms and i feel like it's a way more western idea than it is uh, our own i don't think that there is we don't we don't as indians i don't think that we fear death right yeah it's it's, it's part and parcel of life ha yaar you die and you come back that's what the right. cycle of life right that's what is mm. for for a, for a culture which embraces that that view of uh, life that is not a big deal hmm but i feel like this this influence of the west on us one of the things that it has brought in here is also mycophobia because one it's considered dirty because it grows on decaying matter and two it 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 can kill us so both of these things are ideas from the west that sort of came and percolated into our country which is what i feel honestly it's my opinion it's your opinion that mycophobia is western induced but you mentioned very a very nice point that the adivasis and the local locals of india have had a relationship with mushrooms any examples that the listeners can look up or you know sort of any regions oh, like yeah. that so in orissa there is this tribe called the baiga tribe baiga tribe have a very strong history of using uh, mushrooms for not just culinary purposes but also for uh, different medicinal properties uh, so when we speak about reishi mushrooms my my famous my most uh, favorite mushroom is the reishi mushroom because there's over 18000 research papers which have been published on this in the last 4 5 years itself uh-huh. and it has a bunch of different uh, uh, healing properties ranging from immunomodulation it has adaptogenic properties it can help uh, with cancer treatment so there was a point of time in which i think 70 or 80% of uh, uh, japan cancer treatment budget was going into providing their uh, patients with reishi based supplements and not just that this is a thing that has been used in india for hundreds of years this is not new so the baiga tribe use it for its anti inflammatory properties for asthma and bronchitis and also as a tonic for people who used to mm. keep falling sick often which means that they did know about its anti inflammatory properties and its immune boosting or its effect on the immune system right hmm so this is something about india the baiga tribe and also the our tribe of nagaland they use the same mushroom i look at the hakims of kashmir they also use a lot of mushrooms in their remedies so all around india in different pockets you can find mushrooms being used not just for culinary but also for medicinal purposes you all know something very cool Yes, I do. You All remember the guy called Oddsy, the Ice Man? Yeah, the guy who was found up there, and he supposedly in the glacier, right? One of the yeah. correct. He's one of the oldest human fossils that we ever discovered in most yeah. pristine condition. What yes. is? Do you remember one of the things? Two of the things which was found in his in his purse. You know what it was? Two of those things. I remember arrows being all around, but I don't remember what his purse contained. Not at this point. His purse. His purse contained two mushrooms. really yes two okay, mushrooms so before we move on let me just explain what we are talking about there is a correct uh, mummified body there yeah, is found between austria and italy in the alps 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 and this yeah. guy 
was basically pound up there. So a lot of times, I'm not a mountaineer, but Ashid and his peers are. You happen to find a lot of dead bodies along the way when you're submitting because it's apparently quite common. Now, when these guys, this Augie was found, people assumed that this is again like some recent mountaineer that, you know, has died. But when research was conducted, it was found that this person was at least 3,000 to 4,000 years old. And he was preserved on that mountaintop for that long. And the reason it was more interesting is because it is assumed that he was in a fight with someone or was was actively engaging someone in a militaristic manner because there were arrows found all, all, all around. And now Jashid informs me that there were two types of mushrooms that were found with this mummy. So who, which are the two mushrooms that they found with Augie? So they found uh, two different types of polypores. So polypores are these mushrooms which are really hard and uh, most of the mushrooms, when I say mushroom, the shape that comes to your mind is like an umbrella type mushroom which has the gills, right? Which has those gill-shaped uh, attachments at the base of the cap where they release pores from. So when mm. you talk about polypores, these are like shaped like shells, like brackets, mm. and they have tiny, tiny little holes which from which the pores get released from. So mm. they, this guy was found with uh, the birch polypore. Okay? okay. And okay. The the theory is that they use this they use this polypore for two things. One of two things. The first theory is that it has anti anti parasitic properties. So this is something that they used to consume to remove parasites in their in their gut. Hmm. The second story or the second theory is that they use this fungus as a fire starter. Really? So how you know how they so imagine you are a, you are a you are a caveman you are ice man. One of the biggest technologies for you is carrying being able to carry fire with you. Correct? Yes. Yes. So imagine you're trying to start your own fire in in another place and you're moving from one place to the other, and you have this piece of mushroom that you've lit from the previous fire, hmm. and you can keep that ember going. You can keep that red part alive till you reach the next location by just keeping it in your pouch and blowing on it from time to time. Really? So they transported wow. fire from one location to the other using this particular mushroom. And this was fourth. Augie is a gift that keeps giving, isn't he? Amazing. Yeah. And the crazy thing is, uh, uh, like, it's not just Augie. They found very similar stories of this from indigenous tribes of Chile. Again, it was a part of this video that Juliana Furci had posted recently. About Chilean tribals who use the same mushroom for similar mushrooms for the same purpose. So how was it that this technology was scattered around the world, right? Mm. In different parts of the world, across continents. People knew what this was for. So and very we fascinating our relationship. Yeah, we were hmm? traveling with he was traveling with it because he was part of a military expedition. So either Correct. way, like either he wanted to start a fire, he was clearly a fire starter and he also might also know that you know that it has anti-parasitic qualities or this thing to it. So that is where which brings me to the next question. We have a rich history with mushrooms, like you know, not us as in you and me, but humanity as a whole. The indigenous people knew it. Adivasis of ours still know about it. When do you think that the ecosystem started to like you know collapse on into itself, like? When did we basically? I want to encourage people to look at mushrooms as a career option. 
and you know right. kashmir mentioned people in jammu and kashmir nagaland and orissa if you are listening right now on the side you can just google like you know jammu and kashmir mushrooms or nagaland and mushrooms and or uttarakhand yeah, actually you all can actually go on to our website nivedo.com and we have an entire blog section and prithvi has written a really really beautiful blog on the mushroom tribes of india okay i'll uh, an updated version oh definitely sir so updated version of that blog is going to come out this month very soon right. uh, but if you really want to know the cultural history behind mushrooms and what what we what is the existing story surrounding mushrooms in india that blog is a really good starting point somewhere you can sort of pick out which are which of the tribal communities or uh, geographic areas that you want to explore because each of them have their own different relationship hmm. so now coming back to uh, the main the question of and what the, where, where are we going where are we going so something that was passed down from like father to son or like mother to daughter mother to son ancestry through word of mouth something that was a part of like mushroom foraging is definitely an art <laughs> and you you get this wisdom from the previous generation right and they got it from generation before them and this is how it is transferred all across the world even today so right now what has happened is this has become trapped in academia Mm-hmm. all the amazing really cool information that you need even the most critical ones about mushroom cultivation the latest technology every single thing is stuck inside really really long uh, uh research papers which are mostly behind paywalls right mm-hmm. which are not accessible accessible to a common man so even if he did get the paper he probably doesn't have the scientific vocabulary to read through it and make sense of it because it's quite boring to look through all of that so i feel like the ecosystem right now is where there is a lot of information asymmetry uh, where the academic academic side has a lot of information and it's there are people who are working citizen scientists so one thing that really draws me to the space of mushrooms is that there are a lot of really cool people working in this space who are making all these there are say scientific papers accessible to the common man writing books about it making it accessible not just that despite all of these paywalls and information asymmetry you would be really happy to know that most of the amazing innovations which are practically being used in mushroom cultivation came from the uneducated farmer or from the fields not from any university if there it is very rare that something is found in a university and trickles its way down into into like a mushroom farm it's it's always been in mushroom farming it's always been the other way around. for example in china they they used to grow mushrooms on logs like logs of wood they used to drill holes in the log they used to put mushroom mycelium or spawn inside it create a wax leave it for 2 years while the mycelium slowly ate up the wood and then it would keep giving you mushrooms sort of like how trees give you fruits couple of times a year when the season is right that's how this cultivation started then there was this time that they were not really able to cut down trees because there was not enough wood hmm so what did they do the farmer had to feed himself and he had to grow this right he started using the really random things that he could find like agricultural waste or sawdust hmm. like different ways that he could find around himself like uh, paddy straw wheat straw corn cobs uh, soya husks rice bran sawdust cardboard 
and that's when they invented synthetic logs synthetic logs are nothing but sawdust and uh, agri waste mixed together hmm. and packed into a piece of plastic which is essentially the furniture of shivaji nagar exactly yeah <laughs> 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 like that <laughs> right yeah we were going to shivaji nagar exactly yeah. so that took, uh, that that innovation came from the field uh so the ecosystem in india at least what what i can tell you is that uh, the common man he gets most of his uh, knowledge from institutes and the institutes themselves they are very good they doing a great job but mm. there is no incentive for them to update themselves they are following a lot of the old technology there's a lot of new stuff that has come in which is not making its way into farms okay so but then but and basically for a student to come in hmm. and say ki you know now i've heard jashin mere ko bhi mushroom mein aane ka hai so hmm. what is this person doing next because like you said there are there is information basically still a shout shout out to aaron shorts you really tried to figure out this information or symmetry i'm sorry but i was just thinking about aaron shorts since you mentioned the research papers and all of that citizen scientist yeah. and uneducated farmer but basically i am as a youth i'm today like suppose i've heard jashir that i know about prithvi i'm inspired now is this a viable career option because there are a lot of success stories amongst this thing of you know a thousand rupee turned into a lakh oh, so uh, that's the stuff that floods the market right so what uh, happens is people most of the articles are exactly how you titled them the like clickbait correct. upsc sale grows a uh, mushroom should help them for 10 lakhs yes 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 right? i wanted to add this that... because that is the type of articles out there so i don't want them to have like a false perception of what the business is. that's actually very which very good point to touch upon and how those articles are bogus if you ask me yeah it's it's setting a really false uh, perception in the creating a very false perception in the market that mushroom cultivation is some quick buck So what this does is it's incentivizing a lot of people to grow mushrooms, but there's not enough articles which is coming out asking people to eat them, which means that <laughs> the government is incentivizing hundreds of thousands of people to grow. There are so many schemes where you can buy this and get trained and this that. But the fundamental question that every mushroom farmer asks after the training is, sir, will you help me with selling this? Is there a market? Is there? Right. so that's that's the equation that we've sort of been getting wrong because the supply side is very strong we have enough mm. people in this country who grow this mm. but is the government doing enough or is there any enough initiatives from the side of the government to promote this this superfood to an average person and sort of clear the miscommunication miss miss uh, misunderstanding behind the core organism no that's not happening one thing is is that the industry is still in its infancy in india uh, so you will have to do a lot of trial and error to figure out what works and what doesn't because not everything is is black and white just because the scientific paper is telling you ki paddy straw is the best or ragi or like wheat straw is the best substrate to grow mushroom on substrate basically means growing medium mm. right is the best material to grow mushrooms on that might not necessarily be true as somebody sitting in in the middle of bangalore where am i going to get wheat straw from Yeah. That's when you sort of need to understand that that scientific paper is just a starting point. That yes, straw use for sector. They are not saying that you use paddy straw or wheat straw. I think straw. 
maybe try ragi straw which is abundantly found around bangalore or find out what is why the importance of because like i will explain i let jashin explain but mushrooms basically are an output of what you give them to eat so it's very important Correct. of what they eat and he likes jashin likes to call them what chemical you call some call chemical mastermind chemical mastermind yeah please go on but that's it basically i wanted you to the, the importance of the substrate that the mushrooms is important because i just wanted to answer because, that yeah because they essentially break it down and absorb whatever nutrition is available inside it if it contains pesticides or heavy metals that also goes inside the mushroom so what you grow it on essentially decides the nutritional qualities or the medicinal qualities of the mushroom that you are going to eat and they eat this by secreting different type of digestive enzymes and which they they have different enzymes to break down different things that's why i call them chemical masterminds because they have all the ways in their it's encoded in their dna they don't even have to think about it it's like their uh, second nature that they can figure out what what material needs to be broken down and how it can be done using what chemical so yeah coming back to the point of uh, how do you do this if you are going to get into the thinking that you are going to make a lot of money uh, i am sorry to break to burst the bubble uh, there are not too many upsc sales who are making lakhs of rupees growing mushrooms most of those guys were really making money on some mega farms so it's it's you are going to have to invest a lot of time and effort into educating your average consumer about why mushrooms are good for them and why they should buy from you so if you're looking to make a quick buck this is not the space to be but if you want to be in a space that intellectually stimulates you which is really good for the environment because it grows on agri waste and where there's a lot of problems to be solved then mushrooms is something that you can work in because forget this growing mushrooms there's so much research that's happening around mushrooms for various different different applications that mm. if you want to do if you want to study something if you want to get really deep into something this is a space that's just opening up there are mushrooms that are being identified in india every year we are finding new new mushrooms now every year in india and we don't even know how they can be used for with what industrial or what uh pharmacological or what culinary applications all of these things have we don't know we might have the solution to climate change or cancer or heart disease or anxiety or whatever it may be it might be trapped in some random mushroom growing somewhere you know until the time we don't study it we wouldn't know and this this we know for a fact that there's much more that we don't know about fungi than we than we do know hmm. we don't we know identify- yeah we only identified 150000 species of uh, fungi then there's over there's over 3 or 4 million species out there which is still very unexplored and i wanted to ask i mean people are irked by mushrooms and everything that's a separate issue that is why we need people to come in and make it more appetizing we need people yeah, to make it more in. indian also i feel make like everybody when they see mush- yeah when if when they hear mushrooms they always feel like there's some absurd asian or european dish <laughs> that they need to make something super fancy where am i going to get miso paste bro i'm like you don't even need that you can you can just have a quick salt and pepper saute or you can add it to some other dish so one of the main things is that you know how does the question now there is like how does the food end up on a person's table when it's a new food group in india so it always starts from the restaurant or the chef right correct 
can you talk a little bit about the art and what the thought that goes behind each and everything that you do because in mushroom we trust is your tagline please Correct. tell us as an artist what has you been able to contribute to the ecosystem and what people can also contribute in the future right so it's it's very simple man like i think i think if if you're walking and when you see mushrooms if you have this thing it calls to you and stop and look at it right it, it happens to any random person where mm. if it i don't know if it's scary or what it is there is this inherent curiosity of looking at it and the first question that most people ask is can i eat this now that's a separate discussion altogether like why is it like that right okay. but okay. it has the ability to sort of make make you stop and look at it why because the mushroom itself is such a beautiful thing okay. and many of these mushrooms are so short lived that if you come back after a few hours it might not be there They're so delicate. Yeah. So mushrooms themselves are a thing of beauty. They're extremely beautiful, and they come in all kinds of shapes and colors and sizes, and they're all over the world. So if you are working with nature at some level, you are bound to find mushrooms, and they're sort of like gifts inside inside the forest when you find them. Hmm. So why do we use art? Mushrooms themselves are art, if you ask me. But we feel like art is a medium to reach uh, common man. anybody can understand art art is for everyone so art and how has it been oh it's been amazing so we do a lot of different initiatives where we support artists uh, like last year we came out of these calendars there were really big hit amongst our community so we have an entire community of uh, mushroom lovers or microphiles that we call vedo circle and uh, yeah it the idea is to start conversations of bring mushrooms into people's lives and the most easily accessible way is through art if it's a mushroom photo or is it a small mushroom painting or a sculpture any piece of art which is depicting a mushroom and if it, if, it, if it can reach the house of a person and spark a discussion or and it gets seen i think it has done its job its job because like we said these are the invisible uh invisible workers or warriors of the natural world which have sort of been able to create this web which sustains life and they don't get enough recognition so art sort of gives them uh the chance to be seen in some sense so basically we are looking one we are looking for the creator of chicken 65 in india and second mm-hmm. we are looking for the rakhi sawant or do you want someone else of mushrooms like the 
what when you when you think about you know like the awe factor shock factor and the awareness factor is it a rakhi savan that you need in arts and cultures or do you need a little more subtlety in the communication that you're going for i feel like it can be anybody it can because be anybody it, it, yeah art is art man like if you ask me what this is the as, as an artist myself art create art for art's sake you know yeah. that's not there's not put too much meaning into it that it does its own thing that's the, that's the best part right different people have different interpretations of what it can do it doesn't necessarily have to be controversial any artist any movie anything that you know someone who's listening like hey i am an artist i want to be propagating these things even if it's going to be big in the next 10 years maybe i can be a part of right. this but you know when we decided to get into sci-fi we also stanley kubrick's 2001 space odyssey you know which correct, confused correct. us for like you know 30 years it confused us but still <laughs> now it's starting to make sense yeah now we know of the age we're trying to trying to see him that stone right yeah yeah but if there has to be like fundamental piece of art that someone can springboard off of where would you guide that person so i'll say two books one is one book and one documentary if you ask me fantastic fungi like the name says is an amazing resource and mm. they are able to sort of uh, put capsules of amazing intense information using mushroom time lapses time lapses and visuals amazing crazy visuals of mushrooms growing and that just this you in you're just sitting watching mushrooms and the backgrounds of really serious dialogues are happening If you really want to understand the aesthetic and the beauty that mushrooms have to offer visually, I would say uh, "Fantastic Fungi" is an amazing documentary to watch. It's on Netflix. It's, you can watch it for free. And uh, another suggestion from my side would be to read "Entangled Lives" by Merlin Sheldrake. Entangled lives. Uh, entangled life. Okay. So he sort of uh, looks can at the world. Can you repeat the author's name? Merlin Sheldrake, M E R L I N Sheldrake, S H E L D R A K. The Merlin Sheldrake book is amazing. Okay. It uh, views life through the eyes of a fungus. It uh, it's extremely um, uh, nuanced, but also written in a very uh, very inviting fashion. So you well, you don't feel like putting that book down. It's it's a It's a lot of facts, but it's written in such a playful manner that you—it it sparks up a lot of curiosity inside you. And as an artist, I've heard many artists who really love this book. It sort of makes you think, right? Imagine, imagine so the world through the eyes of a fungus. So it, it's this really cool. Basically, it sounds like brief history of time was what was to physics. This book is to this thing because yeah, what everyone like. Yeah. Am I right? I mean, is yeah. it sort of that foundation? Yeah, yeah. Because okay, it is. It is. It is. You don't need to understand anything about mushrooms to read the book. It's a really good place to start, and it's one of those books that I, I think uh, that I couldn't put down. Also, I just I it was just like I was so engrossed in it, and I'm, many people share the same feelings about this book. And not not they don't have to love mushrooms to read this book. Hmm. So that these are two good suggestions. I think the one thing that I was mentioning before was that I don't I can't do M of math, but I love physics. so uh, for me to understand what a black hole is and what space is in the current way that we view, view it today like understanding red shifts understanding what light is and everything i think the book brief history of time by stephen hawking was something that really right. helped me understand and visualize the world 
because believe it or not a guy who can't speak or move and is imagining the whole thing who knew would be so good at explaining it but yeah i mean if your curiosity needs to be sparked in you fantastic fungi and entangled lives no life life entangled life entangled life by molin yeah. shindrick sheldrick 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 yeah. these are two things that zashit suggests now for all of those people who are like main mba kiya hai bhai main paise kamana chahta hu now ha huh. this is where i would let jashit take the same not even going to frame a question over here i think 75 to 90% of mushroom exports and api exports come from china and there is a big right. opportunity over here that i wish for you to explain to the audience instead of me even trying to frame a question over here what is the yeah, opportunity right. in pharmacology with mushrooms The nine out of ten mushrooms which are consumed in the world come from China. Okay. And uh, we have everything that they have. Uh, we have the diverse climatic conditions. We have an abundance of agri waste. Currently, only one point five percent of our agri waste is used to grow mushrooms. Think of that. Mm-hmm. And oh we have an abundance one point five percent. And can this agri waste, like you know, we are burning all of those things every like North India places right. that you show, right? So are you telling right. me that this mushrooms this can be used to create more mushrooms like this can be used Yeah in... I can actually take this discussion to another level think about this Please. forget mushrooms ha huh. there are there's a company in India called Dharak Eco Solutions Foundation shout out to my friends at Dharak Shara they are doing a brilliant job man he okay. literally uses crop stubble to make styrofoam replacement using mushroom mycelium really Yeah. So basically, they grow mycelium in this uh, agri waste, and it binds the entire thing together as one mass. And they grow it in different molds, which are shaped like uh, uh, in the in the form of packaging that you need to grow. And mm. those are hundred percent biodegradable. So they are already doing this. So which styrofoam is used for packaging? Should you do realize that it needs to have that ability to absorb shocks? That's the oh, it can, it can, it can. It's not brittle. This is very. It has the ability to absorb shock. Uh, mycelium has, I think, uh, more tensile strength than uh, steel. When you look at it, some of the some of the applications where it's put, it it actually perform outperforms plastic. And what so, is the startup's name again? This company that you created. Dharak. Dharak. Yeah, Dharak Eco Solutions Foundation is using cross. Waste crop residue to make mushroom uh, plastic, if you want to call it that, or or an alternative to styrofoam by using mushroom mycelium. To be more technical, and this is Since already are, this is already happening, and they have been funded by Peter Thiel. Uh, they are leading the race in India. They have big big clients like Dabur and. Uh, Couple of other brands, big brands, who are working with them for sustainable packaging, and it is a reality. It is no longer inside a scientific way. This is amazing, and is is this like a first time someone is doing this, or is it like already an industry outside, and we are just catching it, up, or is it like it's an yeah, already correct? It's it's an already existing industry in the US. Huh. So the first company to do this commercially was called Ecovative. Ecovative is an American company which started making uh, packaging for Dell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. For the laptops using mushroom mycelium, and Dharak sort of is leading the race in India. But the difference is that they use agri waste, and they're sort of connected to this whole uh, crop burning issue. So basically, you're telling me that, but 
how else can you use this crop wasting because we were, we were going to discuss pharmacology and api but we are somehow at this thing let's finish this topic now you're telling yeah, yeah. me that all of the sugarcane waste all of the wheat waste all of these things can be used by the mushroom farmers across india yes you can use it to grow you can use all of that stuff to grow mushrooms and what you get after that can be composted back in the same soil to improve soil fertility making this entire process completely circular wow. and is this something that is being done by anyone is is this again a space where someone can come in and be a distributor and a b2b player because collecting yeah, definitely all... there is there are companies in the us which make uh, pellets out of agri waste which are uh, they used to grow mushrooms right now this biomass pellets in india are used to feed uh, boilers so they are used as mm. feed stock for boilers for burning Hmm. but if you are a startup if somebody is listening and they have the idea that they want to sort of aggregate all these different waste streams and make like a, a proprietary mix which is great for mushrooms they can definitely do it this is something that that's definitely possible and when you do start this company remember is dashid hamid and aditya shirsagar you can look us up on linkedin and give us a correct <laughs> correct yeah. we would love that I'm kidding about the percentages, but do if you really want to ah. discuss all of these things, do reach out. It's Jashir Dhami and Jip Sagar. If if you can't find Jashir, you can re- look reach out to me, Jip Sagar, and I'll be more than happy to make the connect. This is a brilliant idea. But Jashir, back to APIs and China. So active pharmaceutical ingredient is like a plug and play ingredient that uh, you can supply to pharmaceuticals, but. in the case of mushrooms these go into functional foods uh, nutraceuticals and other uh, other uh, different industries basically mushrooms they have a lot of different biomolecules bioactive molecules which are really really good for our health hmm. and this is not new to us because the single biggest invention which increased our lifespan by 30 years came from a fungus right penicillin it came from a pen, yeah it came from a fungus Hmm. the same way mushrooms also contain a lot of unique bioactive compounds which have the ability to do a lot of really really cool stuff for us hmm. and for example i'll give you the buzzword right now we've been trying to find a treatment or cure for alzheimers for a really long time and this this started becoming a thing because the lifespans of uh, sort of increased compared to before and there hmm. brain networks and the neural networks it start uh, degenerating mm-hmm. with time as we grow older so there is this mushroom called the lion's mane uh, which has uh, these two compounds which are called erinacines and hericinones which are terpenes these mm-hmm. two these two compounds have the ability to stimulate something called nerve growth factor and this this nerve growth factor actually again has a domino effect which results in the production or growth of new nerve cells oh so essentially this mushroom if you consume in the extract form if you take if you consume this, these two compounds which are present in this mushroom it can mm-hmm. have a nerve cell grow back and nothing really? nothing out oh. there can do that thing you also mentioned that a lot of these 90% of cancer budget of japan at a point of time was going into a certain type of mushrooms which were right. they and what is happening with them right now so these mushrooms are called the reishi mushroom or ganoderma mushroom in china mm. it's called the herb of immortality so the mm. story goes like 
thousands of years ago this mushroom was found in the forest in one in 10000 trees hmm. so it was like a rare mushroom that they would find and once they found it they were usually reserved for uh, royalty right hmm. Hmm. and when the royalty consumed this mushroom they sort of noticed that uh, they were living longer and they were falling sick lesser okay that sort of how uh, that sort of how this mushroom got its name as the herb of immortality and that's where it started and then slowly slowly it became part of traditional chinese medicine and now in the last uh, 20 30 years there's been a lot of research papers that is coming about this which come which have come about about this mushroom and mm. this mushroom has a bunch of different compounds like a whole it's a treasure trove of different bioactive molecules which mm. have the ability to do a lot of things what is famous for the most right now is actually not its anti cancer properties but it's the fact that it can help you relieve your stress and make you sleep better so it, it's it's really? a it's a mushroom that people mm. consume in the evening for stress relief and uh, uh decrease decrease anxiety without yeah giving you any of the other symptoms this is like the drug that everyone is taking in bangalore these days they popping it like, like uh, gummy bears melatonin huh? melatonin melatonin the melatonin can be habit forming and you wake up feeling very groggy this mushroom uh, it works on your sleep quality so when you wake up like for example i think there have been studies which show that uh, reishi mushrooms can promote better rem sleep So REM, REM sleep. For all of the listeners out there who don't know this, it, this is this type. This is the uh, time that you dream, and mm-hmm. apparently this this is also the uh, time in your sleep where you process the most amount of stress that you've gone mm-hmm. through during the day. So this imp- improves your quality of sleep by giving you more REM sleep. So what happens is you wake up feeling much better. You have So your day goes better, and apart from that, it's already working at a cellular level. You know, improving your, uh, stimulating your immune systems. You, from in from a mental and physical standpoint, this is sort of pushing you to be a really more optimal version of yourself. Superb. So I know the Chinese were obsessed with immortality, and that's how gunpowder was invented. that was also right. like 2000 years ago so you're telling me that chinese right. have continued to document their interest with mushrooms and that is the reason they are leading in the api generations right now through mushrooms or is it to do something that has happened post mao is it traditional knowledge just being transcending into the modern sphere basically i'm figuring out how we can catch up or you know the younger listener can understand ki where do the do we need to catch up and how can we be on par if not better than our closest competitors i feel like it all boils down to more people getting into this space it's there's a lot of funding out hands. there yeah it, it's we need more hands on deck and there's enough work to be done over multiple lifetimes if you ask me in this space because this is a mushroom that i spoke about there's over 20000 species which have been identified till now and we've explored a dozen of them I feel and like you mentioned three to four million ka figure somewhere, like you know that is like the figure that three, you expect. Three, three, four million species of fungi out there, out of which hundred and fifty thousand have been identified, or everything else is unknown. We don't, they, they don't, we don't even know what they can do for us. Super. So again, this is not just the positives, right? We need to study these also because we have a lot of antibacterial drugs, a few antiviral drugs, but very, very, very few antifungal drugs. The studying fungi also helps us 
be prepared in in terms of having like a global pandemic which is like a which is if it happens through a fungus or some such thing we are not even prepared for anything like that again not a reason to fear but this is just another uh, one more point to say that yeah it's a different perspective to say that we really need to study these organisms and we need more people because they are they are literally like unknown so let me now recap what are the three types of major opportunities that i think you can look at the one is be a cook culinarily make mushroom avas second is to ensure that we are able to spread the word of what mushrooms really are so if you are an artist and i mean artist by nature should be curious so if you are an artist look into this because you're going to find a lot more stories to tell and the third is if you're a money minded person which is not wrong which i appreciate but and want to earn money then look into apis i'm telling you now and you can take this to this bank that apis are going to change the way because as more and more humans become more and more resistant to all of the drugs we are taking we will need alternatives and like i said we have not reached the renaissance of mushrooms as a matter of fact i think we are coming out of the dark ages and slowly inching towards industrial revolution before we get into the renaissance so oh, these are the three these are the three opportunities that you can look at zashid and prithvi have done a lot of things i have been mentioning it throughout love for art culture foraging awareness and the love for the curiosity and the nature is now culminating in this function called shroom sabha can you right. tell us what is happening at shroom sabha and is this the first version of it or has this happened before shroom sabha is india's first fungi festival even though we've had had mushroom festivals before those are mostly academic conducted mm. by these agricultural universities Ours is more approachable. We want to make uh, mushrooms fun, and we have a really, really strong uh, and growing community of mushroom lovers in India. And we mm-hmm. really want to bring everybody together so that all of these single people who are the mushroom crazy person in their group, they go back and they have all the right knowledge, stories, and things that they can tell their friends so that this thing can spread. And mm-hmm. what better way way to share information than when you come together to celebrate it through a lot of entertaining activities, right? So the idea is to take all these nerdy things and package it into into really cool formats over three four days, so that people can come, have a really good time, and also go back with enough education and awareness surrounding fungi that they can be uh, part of this grassroots movement and spread this to more people. Because I feel like If you really want this to move forward, then it has to be entertained. My entertainment has to be one way to this take forward. Um, yes. And it's also about counterculture creation, right, Aditya? We we speak about this often, but there's this entire counterculture movement uh, surrounding mushrooms that has started in India, and it's slowly, slowly uh, spreading like mycelium. Yeah. One day, one day when the climate is right, the mushrooms are going to burst out and spread the spores. Which will spread far and wide across the country. So the first flower is like from Saba, and where is yeah, it happening? When is it happening? Saba. It's happening in Bayanad from the 15th to 18th of September. It's four days of different events. Uh, in this first, it's a lot of uh, fun events like music performances, fire shows, a uh, lot of um, like slacklining, yoga, 
forays culinary workshops photography workshop mushroom identification workshops cultivation workshops uh, different experiences surrounding mushrooms art classes so we sort of trying to find intersection between fungi and other spaces and trying to put it together bringing experts from different fields in mm-hmm. india who want to come together and speak about this not just india there are influencers from the mushroom space coming from abroad also to sort of promote this and you know bring in some of the uh, some of the knowledge from outside and understand how what's happening in different spaces across across the world it's going to be truly international gathering where we can come together and sort of celebrate fungi the so tagline is celebrating the magic of mushrooms essentially magic of mushrooms ha off bhi hai uske beech mein so the dates again right. guys and girls and everyone out there and even if you miss out on this one don't worry because i think you can join the discord server i'm not doing an outro right now but i just want to ensure that you all know how to connect with nuvedo because i feel like this is something that's coming out of the underground right now so they also have a right. discord server that you can look up on like you can look for nuvedo and they are pretty right. active they keep you can just sign up for a newsletter you can go yeah. to our website sign up on a newsletter and you get the link to our server through there and then you get to meet a meet a bunch of uh, microphile so again like over the last 2 uh, 3 years we've been able to build an online and offline community of over 15000 uh, microphiles across the country which i feel like is is something that we should be really proud of because before yes. this 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 didn't exist right super and the other thing is you're like i'm not a social person i don't give a fuck to all of these things let me just have my exotic mushrooms again you can go to nuvedo.com and you will find a lot of starter kits and other things that he is selling they are selling right. nuvedo is selling or you can look them look them up on amazon either or works but basically the reason if you think i'm pl- plugging it too much i am not, i don't feel i'm doing enough but i really wanted to do that because once you were getting yeah once you get into the mushroom journey there is no turning back because the curiosity and the amount of discovery to be done is immense i completely agree and uh, we have a bunch of really cool products coming out also we have uh, mushroom extracts uh, functional mushroom extracts tea blends and other various really exciting products coming out so stay tuned to our website for a lot of cool products And yeah, if you've never grown mushrooms, it's something really cool that you should do at least once in your life because uh, it's it's a truly totally unique process. Nothing really grows that fast and has those shapes. So definitely, definitely do check us out and uh, have a look at our products. And if there's anything, you can always reach out to us on Instagram. We would be more than happy to assist you uh, wherever you are on your mushroom cultivation journey. If a person is interested at this point to say that yes, mycology is my future. which institute should he look at and what courses should he look at should he look at it after his 12th or should he look at it after their bachelors or is this something that can be done as a hobby on the side that's what yeah i know. don't think that i don't think that you need an official degree in mycology if you really feel this feel that this can this can this is something that you want to learn hmm. you can learn it from all the resources that are available out there and just just have to get your hands dirty more than more than getting the theory i would just say this is go out and do it because the resources are all available it's just about how many people take it and do something with it because See, we, even we, in marriage 
across the industries in the mushroom space we more people who are working there don't have a formal education what sort of a person can get hired in the product team of novedo what sort of a degree would they require so if you're looking for the raddi i would say microbiology from any good institute is something that will give you a really good uh, edge because essentially working with microorganisms and all the protocols all the things are very common and this could really give you an advantage when you enter this space because your base is very strong okay. right you don't have to start from you don't have to start from zero so microbiology is a really good background if you really want to get into mycology later so you could do a bachelor's in microbiology and then do a masters in uh, mycology or you know specifically mm-hmm. go down some path something interesting that you find mm-hmm. uh, coming to your second question of what uh, what are we looking for at nuedo honestly if you're really really passionate about fungi and you've done some cool stuff and you want to learn you can come join us uh, i don't really need anyone to have any uh, degrees for this i just want them to be passionate about mushrooms because i can take a passionate mushroom enthusiast and teach them microbiology but i cannot make a microbiologist passionate about mushrooms so this is what i think we look we are looking for passionate people one question that i have to you as an entrepreneur is that you have i mean to your credit and prithvi's credit you have invested a lot of time what counterculture as you say it like you know like we talked about tyler the creator of creating your own thing right can you as a this thing as a co-founder as a person who's from bits who's from iim can you talk to your fellow peers and tell them the importance or you know what have you learned in the through the years of doing this because you've been doing this for four years it's a long time what have right. you learned in this process of trying to create the market because you're literally creating this market this market doesn't exist i think uh, it's very important to have community mm-hmm. and uh, i'm not saying that community that you can sell to mm-hmm. you need to you need a community so that you can help information spread faster selling or buying is just a by product of people having information about that space Mm-hmm. if they don't know anything about it then they don't even know that they need it or this can help them like help them right mm-hmm. so for for uh, the sounder culture creation i feel like the, one of the most important things is when you're entering a new space if you're doing something that hasn't been done before you have to quickly identify identify and bring together the people who are on the same mission as you or who can be allies and mm-hmm. create a safe space for them to come together and share their views and enable their growth for them build mm-hmm. that ecosystem put out content invest in educating invest in putting things out there resources out there that other people can use to move further along that journey and that that goes a long way mm-hmm. i think the whole point of our community was to help people uh build their build a deeper relationship with this whole mushroom mycelium uh, ecosystem so we we've made this specifically for that so that they can come they can mm. learn they can share and they can be heard because many times what happens is you're really crazy about something but you have nobody to share it with correct correct yeah this mm. happens a lot when you're really into something but you don't have the right people to share it with you are the only person in your entire group who is clearly passionate about something So creating mm-hmm. a safe space where people can come together and share their love for mushrooms and celebrate this, and where you are celebrated for sharing something like this, I think mm-hmm. that's that's very important in the early days of if you if you're working in in a 
in an emerging uh, market or you know a segment that is not there before do you think the learnings that you've just shared of community core team building educating your customers and your stakeholders and allowing resources uh, allowing access to resources is something that can be emulated by other tech startups as well something that i think so i definitely think so because there are a lot of really cool tech startups uh, who have very strong community space i think we we sort of took inspiration from the tech space only when it comes to like emerging technologies and things like that how they always have some communities where people come together sort of share whatever they know and further this journey for other people who are sort of coming along so definitely so rashid i have 10 questions these are very simple questions so i'm going to start okay, with a rapid fire and let's do it are you a morning yes, person or a night person morning morning So do you have a, like a fitness routine as well? Like daily, you do something on yeah, a daily basis or no? Most definitely. That's that's something that's definitely part of my routine. Yeah, uh-huh. I'm into some running. Uh-huh. I do some amount of weight training, little bit of yoga. So morning is very important. One book that has a profound impact on you? Radical Mythology. <laughs> okay. Uh, who is it? This book by and by was a profound impact. Okay, I mean, I'm just very curious. Uh, Radical Mythology is by this guy called Peter McCoy. And okay. uh, Peter McCoy doesn't describe himself as a Michael as a Michael. He's an artist. He's a permaculturist. He's a bunch of different things, and he mm. considers all of these things as tags. Mm. And uh, this book sort of allowed me to break out of conventional ways of approaching this space, and made me look at it more as a medium to express myself rather than a field of science or study. It. It's mm. it's it's a it's a way to work together with mushrooms. You know, it's it's sort of it helps you look at it as some completely different perspective, essentially. The next question: favorite historical figure, any historical figure? Uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, yeah, best no. piece of advice you have ever received? Very difficult. Uh, <laughs> so many or so few? So many. <laughs> so somebody somebody once told me that they don't collect things they collect people. Oh super invest in people not in companies. Yeah not in things yeah. Uh top 3 thing must have items in your bag when you go foraging. Ah uh, oh man I'll tell you, this is very specific to me it might not be in the bag but leech stuff leech leech stuff leech okay yeah leech stuff because i developed this really severe allergy to leech bites a few years ago okay. and unfortunately it is where the leeches are that most of the amazing mushrooms are so right now it has to go foraging i cannot leave uh, my house without leech stuff or i end up in the hospital within a few hours let's so leech stuff is one thing okay. then uh, uh, second thing would be a uh, magnifying glass uh, Third thing would be a small knife. Yeah. If you could time travel, which era would you visit and why? Oh man, probably the 60s. You know, yeah, to see what the whole no. um, counterculture scene in the US yeah, and yeah, India yeah. was all about, and see the transformation. I mean, I agree with you. That's my favorite period, period as well because. All of the dead at twenty-seven people were alive at that in that period. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> all the really cool things happened at that time. It would have been really cool to be present in that era of uh, crazy things. The most rewarding aspect of your profession. Uh, the fact that I get to work with such a beautiful organism on a day-to-day basis. Your go-to way of relaxing after a long day. Um, probably come home and uh, spend some time with my pet cat. Shakti. Shakti. Yeah, with Shakti, that that would be the best way to wind up. That one thing that you wish you knew when you began your career. There are no rules when it comes to leadership. Everybody has a different style of getting them. 
फेवरेट प्लेटफॉर्म विद कनेक्टिंग विद योर ऑडियंस और योर कम्युनिटी Yeah, Facebook is dying for everything else, but the mushroom communities on Facebook are still going very strong. Yeah, you do you realize what you just did over there? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dashid. It was lovely. Okay, if the uh, listeners didn't get the joke, Facebook is dying, but the mushroom community is thriving on it. And like yeah, Dashid mentioned, mentioned. <laughs> www.facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mushroomcommunity/facebook.com/mush